This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. Hey, everybody, it's Scott Pinyard, head coach of this Naked Mind, and I am back for another edition of Coaching Questions. I've got four awesome questions here, and I'm going to dive right in. Question number one goes like this. I stopped drinking for a month and was feeling great. I had some very stressful events happen, a huge trigger for me, and started drinking again, thinking it would be short-lived. Now, four weeks later, I'm frustrated that I'm struggling to stop again. Do you have, did you have any struggles like this, and is this quote-unquote normal? Oh, man. So, listen, first and foremost, before I get into my answer, I want to suggest that if this is you or if you find yourself in a similar position to take a deep breath and give yourself some grace. Yes, this happens. This is part of the process. I don't know if you've seen how Annie writes out. She did this at the live event a couple of years ago, but she had this graph uh, that basically just had a straight line up and to the right. And it was like, this is what we think the process is going to look like, that we're going to decide to quit drinking and then make all the right decisions. And then boom, we're alcohol free. This is what the process really looks like. And it's a squiggly line that's all over the place, right? This journey is full of ups and downs. Um, And there's no way around that. And so giving yourself grace and saying, you know what? Of course, this was the solution that my brain came up with to difficult triggers. Um, That's what I've been doing for a long time, right? Giving ourselves that grace um, is how we can learn from that event and then effectively move forward as opposed to what we are all used to doing, which is just beating ourselves up about it, right? Just getting mad at ourselves. Like, how could you let yourself down like this? right? That sort of negative self-talk doesn't actually create the positive emotion that we need to help get you to the other side of this. Um, I alluded to this a little bit earlier, but the fact is that alcohol has been the solution for problems for a lot of us for a very long time, right? And our emotional resiliency, you know, our ability to handle the problems that are in front of us, um, that is something um, that's like a muscle, right? And just like any other muscle, if we don't use it for a period of time, it atrophies. Um, And so this is where I think the, the rubber meets the road for a lot of people who are going through this process. You know, they're finding, okay, I've decided to quit drinking. I'm here's here. I'm at a day one. All right, day two, day three, day four, and then something big and stressful happens. Something unexpected. And when this happens to us, our brain's initial response, and I'm going to go into in a second why this is uh, why this happens. Our brain's initial response is to reach for the solution that seemed to be working for a long time. You see, from your brain's point of view, um, when you get anxious about something and then take a drink, that anxiety at least initially goes down, your brain's associated alcohol with feeling better, um, of course it's going to do that, right? Your brain's trying to protect you. Your brain is recognizing, wait a minute, there's some pressure building up. There's some stress building up here. Um, I need to let some of that pressure off by having a drink. Now, ultimately, this is your brain acting exactly as it's supposed to, right? So the survival part of your brain is meant to keep you alive. It's meant to help you uh, do the things you need to do, like breathe and eat and procreate in order for the species to propagate. 
And what happens when we have an alcohol use disorder is that part of our brain becomes convinced that alcohol is added to that list, right? And so yes, stress comes up, that thought comes up, um, and if we're relatively new alcohol free, um, that can be a real challenge. So first and foremost, I just want you to understand that this is a completely normal part of the process. Um, now to the second part of your question, uh, where you said four weeks later, I'm frustrating that I'm struggling to stop again. Um, what that indicates to me, and you know, you can be the judge of this, um, is that continuing to beat yourself up about what happened a month ago, um, is is not actually allowing you to take the lessons from it. Um, so I can tell you, you know, I've been through so many quits. I've done this so many times, and it was only when. I gave myself the grace uh, that I was able to move forward in a way that was long-term productive. Um, so let me give you a, let me give you a, a, something that you can do, a concrete action that you can take now that can help get you moving in that direction. So the first thing I want you to do is take a big, deep breath, and I want you to reframe this thing for yourself, not as a massive mess up, right? Not as something that I can't believe I did, right? I don't want you to look at it like that. What I, how I want you to look at it is I want you to look at it as what we call a data point, right? So a data point, the idea behind the data point idea concept um, is that every time this happens, we're getting more information and the more information is always a good thing, right? So if you frame this as a data point, if you frame this as, all right, there is something in here that I can learn, right? Whether it was how quickly I reacted or how quickly I made the decision to, to reach for alcohol or, you know, what that particular trigger was and how can I avoid it in the future? I don't know your specific situation, so I can't really comment on that. What I can say though, from a 30,000 foot view, is that this event is full of information for you. Um, so here's the activity. After you take that deep breath, I want you to sit down with a piece of paper and non-judgmentally talk to yourself, write down what are the lessons that you learned from this, right? So one of the reasons that it can be super frustrating to head back into drinking um, is that we just feel like we're stuck, like this is happening to us. Right. If you instead say, hey, here are the things I am learning, um, if you can take some good out of that situation, it's going to be much easier for you to give yourself grace. Um, and once you realize what those things are, figure out how to integrate them. Right. Uh, I remember I was coaching someone one time who had a neighbor that just just set her off. Now, there are a whole bunch of reasons, and we've gone through and done a lot of act technique work on it. Um, but one of the things initially was stay away from Gladys. <laughs> like, it was that easy. Um, but she recognized, like, wait a minute, this is something that's not helping me. So in these early days, I'm going to stay away from Gladys um, and then eventually deal with the things. But until you get those reps, right, until you get those muscles built back up of emotional resiliency. Um, so, yes, people have struggles like this all the time. It is incredibly common. And the way that you talk to yourself about them and the lessons and the information that you pull out of it, the way you frame it for yourself, makes all the difference. So give yourself a huge heaping of grace here. Take a deep breath. Figure out what those lessons are. Figure out how to integrate those lessons into what you're doing now and carry on. I promise you, the only way that this isn't going to work for you is if you give up. All right. I hope that helps. Uh, thank you for writing that in. I know how frustrating that is. Um, let me go on to question number two. 
To be honest, I feel a little competitive with others who have already quit drinking and tell me how much better their lives are. I'm waiting for a switch or something to go off in my head and move me forward to letting go of the wine, but despite my consciousness of all that's bad about the booze, I'm only backing off, not letting go thoughts. Yes, I have a lot of thoughts about that. So, um, a, a few things. So, first of all, um, one of the things that can be so huge for us is hearing other people's stories. Um, I remember when I was early on, before I even found this naked mind, uh, you know, my dad had gone through AA. I had long talks with him about it. I had some friends and connections and other people who had quitting drinking stories, and their stories were ultimately very inspiring to me. However, there is a time when you start saying, wait a minute, that's not going to be like me. I can never do that, right? And someone's recounting some sort of adversity that they've overcome um, because of alcohol and how they've moved on. And, you know, it can all feel very hopeful, but it can also feel almost oppressive, right? It's almost like, man, like, look at all this work I have to do ahead of me. So a couple of things I'd like you to keep in mind. First, don't compare yourself to other people. And I understand we all do it. We do it all the time. We do it about our houses and our cars and our salaries. We do it about our bodies. We do it about our personalities. We do it about everything we possibly can. But here's the thing with comparison. No matter what you do, you're not going to have that other person's backstory, which then logically it follows that you will not have their future. Right, Your story is your own story. The particular mix of ingredients, the stuff that brought you to where you're at right now is yours and yours alone. It's unique to you. So yes, there may be things from other people's stories that you can take away, but comparing yourself to them and saying, wait a minute, well, he went through way worse stuff than I did. How come I can't give this up? Right, That's not going to be helpful. What is going to be helpful is comparing yourself to yourself and your question um, actually belies a little bit of progress that I think deserves uh, some recognition, right? So you said, uh, I'm only, quote unquote, only backing off, not letting go. Backing off is progress. You know, one of the things that people talk to us about um, with this mindset shift process, right? So when you go through some of our programs, they're designed to give you a shift in your thinking and therefore your emotions around alcohol. One thing that's very common and happens a lot um, is that it doesn't go like that, right? When we say mindset shift, it almost sounds like it should be this overnight thing where like suddenly, boom, I've shifted. Fantastic. Um, that's not how it works. You know, what happens generally over time is we start to notice little changes. We start to notice little shifts. And one of those shifts is not wanting to drink as much. And it looks like that's happening to you. So first and foremost, celebrate that progress, right? Stop comparing to other people, compare to yourself. And if you compare to yourself, it looks like you are indeed making progress. Um, the last thing that I'll say about this is the amount of time that it takes anyone to get, well, actually second to last thing, the amount of time that it takes anyone to get anywhere through any sort of change is so hugely dependent on so many individualized factors that comparison is almost silly, right? There are so many things that happen. You could probably think of a time in your life when you went to change something and then you realize like, oh, the stars just aligned and I just did it, right? And then there'd be other times, maybe it was something you wanted to change that felt really simple. Um, and it just was like, 
impossible feeling, right? There are so many circumstances uh, in our lives that set us up to kind of blow us in different directions. Um, so comparing how easy or difficult it was for someone else versus you, it's just not a good comparison, right? The variables are going to be very different. Lastly, what I will say is this. As you continue to move forward, as you continue to work through this process, continue to pay attention to how your own thoughts are shifting. There is something to be known as personal momentum, right? So the fact that, you know, you've already backed off is awesome. You can do what, you know, what we call building off of wins, right? So like, oh, I didn't drink as much last night as I normally would, or oh, I went to that party and didn't drink, or oh, I did this and didn't drink, right? Celebrate that. There is a lot of psychology around the idea of celebrating our wins and really taking it, taking credit for it. We're terrible at this. We're terrible at giving ourselves credit for when we've made progress. So take a moment, pat yourself on the back. I mean, even like physically do it, um, but do something to celebrate the progress you've made. As you do that, you'll notice that your mood's going to improve, right? As you recognize that you're making progress, um, that's going to make everything easier for you. Um, so I'm really excited about how you're backing off. Letting go is going to come when it's going to come. Keep doing the work that you're doing. Keep looking at your thoughts and emotions. Keep doing those acts um, and you will see it continue to shift and you'll get to a place where you will be letting go. Um, and then that will be that for you. But thanks for writing it in. That's a great question. A lot of people struggle with that. Next up, how do you deal with stress now that there's no alcohol to take the edge off? <laughs> Funny question. Um, so here's one of the things that I think is actually one of the, the coolest parts um, of going alcohol-free. So by now you guys know me and you know that I uh, am a fan of an alcohol-free lifestyle. Um, but that process of going alcohol-free, that process of doing the act techniques and having the mindset shift and rediscovering how to live life without alcohol is full of so many amazing things. Um, that it's hard to even say like, oh, this is my favorite or this isn't my favorite. But learning how to deal with stress to me is one of the best ones because um, I had to go through this and this was a huge struggle for me. So at the time that I quit drinking, I, was, uh, I wasn't doing well. We'll put it that way. Uh, I wasn't doing well financially. The job that I had was not a good fit for me. There's a massive amount of stress. Uh, my family and I were living in this small apartment and we were kind of crammed together. I had two kids at the time. They were uh, five and three, five and two, something like that. No, six and two. Um, and it was just, it, it was a lot. Um, and so there was a lot of stress. And so to me, alcohol was the thing that was helping me with that. Now, once I recognized that alcohol was actually causing a lot of that stress, as you've probably recognized if you're reading the book, um, we're going through the, the live alcohol experiment. Um, that was great because I'm like, oh, cool. This is actually contributing to my stress. But my, uh, my happiness about that was short-lived because I very quickly realized, wait, if that's not the solution, then what is the solution, right? What is the thing that helps me? Um, and this is why it's so cool because because I had recognized that was no longer a solution, I had to find a new one, which meant I got to experiment, right? I got to try a lot of different things and I totally did, right? There were things that I tried that I'm going to keep. Um, there are things that I tried that I'm not gonna keep. Now, I'll give you a couple of things that you can work with with some examples of what it changed for me. 
So one of the biggest things, at least for me personally, was exercise. Um, because I was drinking, I wasn't really exercising in the evenings, and I obviously didn't feel so great in the mornings. Um, and so regular exercise was not a thing that I was used to. So once I, uh, you know, once I was trying to deal with stress, and if you look this up, you'll see everywhere they tell you that exercise can be a fantastic way to deal with it. Now, exercise does not have to mean lifting a bunch of weights, right? Although that is very good, and I enjoy doing that. Exercise can also mean going for a walk, right? Exercise can also mean just you know, playing with the kids in the backyard. It doesn't need to be this big formal thing. And for me, what that was um, is I found a, 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 an activity called rucking, which you essentially just put weight on your back and you go for long walks. And I would do that for hours. I would go miles and miles. I'd go 15, 20 miles sometimes, uh, just wherever, just around Portland here, you know. And for me, it was huge because I, uh, I always uh, would feel sort of this pent-up energy before I started. And every time I came back, not only was that pent-up energy kind of gone, but I felt tired, but tired in a good way. Um, so exercise and moving your body is a good thing. Changing your scenery is another thing. So a lot of times people are dealing with stress um, and they feel trapped, they feel stuck. It's a little uh, difficult now. We're in the midst of obviously COVID, but dealing with, uh, you know, getting yourself out of your house, going for a walk, going to a park, to the extent that is safe, um, changing what is physically around you can make a big difference. I did this um, through going to a park at my lunch break while I, I had my old job. And it was really simple and I ate the same thing. I just ate it somewhere else. But that change of scene also changed the environment my brain was in, which changed a lot of my thoughts. Um, so that's something that can help. The last thing I'll give you is doing something with your hands. Um, you know, one of the things that a lot of us end up with after we quit drinking is some like nervous energy. Like I look at all this time I have, what do I do with this time, right? Um, I've tried all types of different things, all types of different crafts, all types of stuff that I like to do. A couple of things that I've settled on that have really worked for me long-term, playing music, right? So I'll get my guitar out um, and that feels great. And I can feel almost from when I first put my fingers on the fretboard, I can feel my my stress level go down, right? It's something that I'm focused on. It's something that's enjoyable for me. Um, as far as crafts go, you know, the thing that I've held on to the longest has been knitting. I love knitting. I knit scarves, right? And I can do it now. I'm at a place now where I can do it and have a conversation with my wife. I can do it while I'm watching TV or I can do a more complicated, intricate project um, that I have to focus on. But it was a matter of using my hands, right? It was a matter of something that I had to put my focus into. And I found that when I put my focus into that, I didn't have room for the stress. It just left, right? So explore that. That's another option for you as well. Um, this, again, like I said, is actually as, as difficult as it may feel right now is one of the most exciting parts of this journey that you're on. Um, and so I want to say congratulations. And I know it feels like a problem, but I am telling you there are so many awesome things available for you on the other side. Um, try these things out. Again, you know, get some exercise, change your environment, use your hands, right? Try out activities. Um, this is a fantastic and fun time. You've got a bunch of found hours right now um, and you can use them to just 
experiment with different things. Um, I promise you that the more you experiment, the more likely you're going to be to find something that does help you, to find something that helps you take a breath, um, and that will make a huge difference. Um, so I hope all of that helps. What a great question, uh, and congratulations now that there's no alcohol. That's a really good thing, um, and I know that you'll find something that'll help you. Okay, last question. Huge problem. I was doing really well, three days alcohol free after just starting the uh, intensive video program, but my husband was out of town. As soon as he came back, he bought wine and gin and started drinking. It seems like he just doesn't care that I'm trying very hard to change my relationship with alcohol and he is just making it harder. What should I do? Uh, what an awesome question. And so, yeah, I mean, this gets kind of the heart of what a lot of people experience when they go through this, which is, man, I'm going to quit alcohol, but not everyone around me going to, right? I know that I want something I want to change, but most people around me aren't going to. So what do I do? So very specific, because this is your husband, um, here is uh, what I see work the most often in these situations. First is for you on your own to take some time and decide what sort of support do I need, right? What do I need from him? What do I need from him to feel successful? What do I need from him to, um, to, to, to really make a difference for me? Um, and think about what that might be. Maybe it's no drinking at home. Maybe it's not drinking every night. Maybe it's not drinking too much. I don't know what that might be for you. But really sit down and say, all right, if my husband's going to support me, what is it that I want? Um, and maybe it's not drinking at all, uh, in which case that's a conversation, but get clear first on what is it that you really want? What is it that you really need for support? Step two is to have a conversation. Now, obviously don't have this conversation while he's drinking. Um, but when the opportunity arises, um, tell him and speak very much about yourself, right? This isn't about him. Right. This isn't about him not listening to you or not caring. Right. Those are stories that you're telling yourself unless you've already very directly asked him to help you um, in specific ways. He has no idea what's going on in your head. Um, and so uh, you can't really fault him for not changing his behavior. So during this conversation, you know, you have a conversation and just express those needs very clearly. Like, hey, I would really appreciate it if you had two nights a week where you didn't drink. That would be so much easier for me. Here's why, right? Or, hey, you know what? If you don't mind, like when we go out to dinner, can we just not order alcohol? It's something that's tough for me and I just wanna figure, get used to doing it, right? If you make a very specific ask, he'll have something to respond to. Now, it may be that the things that you need, the things that you think uh, you need to get the most support are not things that he's willing to, uh, willing to give you. Um, and that's okay, right? The fact that you've expressed this need means that you've asked for it and now it's time to plan around it. You know, I know someone who, um, this is a really funny story. This was in the intensive about a year and a half ago. Um, so she had a similar problem. She was quitting drinking and her husband was coming home every night and had alcohol and, um, you know, it was really, really hard for her. And so we had this similar conversation. And so what she did, uh, was she had this conversation with him. He basically said, no. And she goes, okay, well, if that's the case, then I'm going to sit downstairs in the den while you're up here drinking. That's what she did, right? And she knew it was a temporary thing. She knew it was a thing that she just needed for a little while, but she did it. And then, uh, guess what happened after about a month, he started getting a little curious, 
right? He's like, wait a minute, what, what are you doing? Like, you seem happier, you seem better, but we're not hanging out as much. Like, what's happening, right? And after a while, he actually came around to the idea. And not only did he come around to the idea, um, but he was watching the videos of the intensive by the time the intensive was done. Now, I'm not saying that is gonna happen specifically with you and your husband, but what I am saying is that requesting the support we need and then giving ourselves what we need even if the other person isn't willing to help at that point, um, that is how we meet our own needs and that is how we can create for ourselves an atmosphere of change. And when you do that, other people notice, right? And so that is my suggestion. And I know that that can be difficult. And I know that for a lot of couples, drinking is what they did together for a very long time. Just recognize and understand that this is gonna be a process of change, right? This is something that is gonna happen over time. And so it's okay if right away it feels like you're a little disjointed. As time goes on, as you get your alcohol-free sea legs under you and as your husband gets more used to you not drinking, things will shift, right? And you'll get to a point where you don't feel so bogged down uh, by his drinking anymore. Um, and that whole new conversation can open up. Um, so I hope that helps. Uh, great question. I, I want you to know 100% you're not alone. So um, go over to the Facebook page, to the This Naked Mind Facebook group and talk about it there. A lot of people have the same issue um, and having a conversation about it can help so much. But I really appreciate you writing in the question. All right, folks, that's it for me. Thank you for listening this month. Um, and as always, I will be back next month to answer some more of your questions. Have a great day. Hi, I'm so excited, you guys, because we are just about to start another live alcohol experiment. And if you do not know about the alcohol experiment, you need to literally drop everything right now and go to thisnakedmind.com forward slash LAE. That's LAE for live alcohol experiment. And here's the thing. This 30-day challenge is designed to interrupt your patterns and put you back in touch with the best version of you. You know it's that version that's living the most joyful life, that version that doesn't need alcohol to relax, or have a good time and that version that's having more fun and is more peaceful than ever. Again, it's a 30-day challenge. It's live. It's starting on the first. So hurry up. Go to thisnakedmind.com forward slash LAB. And as always, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast as it truly helps the message reach somebody who might need to hear it today.